The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. Hey, this is Jamie from Green River Ordnance. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. So this is a special Extension Hour today because we are going to talk about our volunteers because we love our volunteers. They really make a big difference in what we do. And um, it's no secret right now that we are in interesting, challenging times. So what we normally do is um, provide some type of volunteer recognition event. And it's been an in-person event. Last year we had Taco Bout Extension and we had tacos and we invited our volunteers. They got to meet each other, interact. Um, we got a chance to say thank you to them in person. But because this is 2020, it's not happening this year. So we came up with another great idea to do a drive-through kind of thing, and that can't happen either. So this show is all about volunteer recognition, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to have um, all the agents come in uh, to visit, and then we're going to have a guest speaker um, before the end of the show, too. But right now, we've got Michael Potter and Brandon Gregson in the studio with us right now, and we want to talk a little bit about the Ag and Natural Resources um, area. So we all work in Extension, so it's one program, it's one one um, organization, one office, but we do have areas that we focus on individually. So we want to start out with the horticulture area, and Michael Potter is our county extension agent for horticulture. All right. Thank you, Amy. Uh, yeah, I'll start with our, our major volunteer program, which is the uh, Master Gardener Association. Uh, it was formed uh, years ago in, in actually Oregon, Washington area. Um, it was a volunteer program. There were several uh, people from extension that went over and viewed it. Uh, liked it, liked what they saw, and they brought it back. And in fact, Montgomery County was the first <coughs> county in the entire state of Texas to have a master gardener organization. So we are the birthplace of master gardeners uh, here in the state of Texas. And we're probably one of the largest. We have over 360 volunteers. Um, we do all kinds of stuff as far as education. We have uh, a demonstration garden that is almost like a botanical garden. Uh, has everything from aquaponics, hydroponics, and rainwater harvesting, floral vegetables, every aspect of gardening you can imagine. Uh, and our master gardeners do a great job of, uh, of maintaining and providing those demonstrations so the public can come in and view those things. And a lot of people ask us, you know, what is a master gardener? You know, a master gardener um, is a trained volunteer. We provide lots of training for them to become a master gardener uh, up front. And, and that's through Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Uh, without us, basically, there would not be a Master Gardener organization. Um, 
So they come in and they do about 80 hours of class time, and it's face-to-face class time, uh, which we're not currently doing or are going to be able to do this year. Um, but it's 80 hours of class time plus outdoor hands-on labs, uh, learning about trees, vegetable gardening, how to do propagation, uh, general plant pathology, entomology, just a whole bunch of different realms of, of uh, classes. And, and then we actually give them tests. So this is what stresses them out the most. They get tested over what we, uh, uh, what we provide for them. But, but that's Extension's way. That's, that's our way of making sure that they are getting the right information and learning it. Um, and then uh, as an intern, they, they do those, uh, those in-class hours. And then when they're done with that they, and they've done their tests, they have to provide back uh, 50 hours of volunteer service to become a certified master gardener for Montgomery County. Um, so that's when they become a master gardener. And even when they become a master gardener, they still have to provide at least a minimum of 30 hours of volunteer service and six hours of continuing education, which is like us, you know, we go and we want to learn something. We, we go to that source and learn it. So there's some continuing education that still goes on. Uh, there's also special programs to make them where they're an advanced uh, turf grass person or advanced vegetable trainings and, and stuff like that. So that, that learning still continues. And their main job is, is kind of an extension of extension. Um, they help with Amy's programs. They help with Brandon and, and all the other programs in the office, the 4-H program especially as well. Um, they do all kinds of volunteerism through our entire program. Um, but they man our phone room. They do emails. Like I said, they do the demonstration gardens. They provide educational programs outside uh, and inside the organization. Uh, they also do uh, plant sale fundraisers. And I think that's kind of one of the things I want to, you know, I'm very proud of our organization because without being able to do in-person, you know, type uh, programs, they were able to go to an online plant sale and drive by, throw plant plants in people's cars and, and send them on their way. And they did just an exceptional job of doing that. Um, and, and like I said earlier, we have about 360 volunteers. Uh, typically we could kind of boast and say that they've provided, you know, 45,000 hours worth of, you know, millions of dollars of, 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 uh, of volunteer hours back to the county or provided that back to the county. Um, this year, you know, of course, with COVID and everything else, uh, we were only able to provide about 32,720 hours. Oh, yeah, <laughs> only oh, 32,000, which still equivalated to about $889,000. Uh, and I have, you know, I've got great staff. I've got Kim Pierce up there that's my volunteer coordinator that really helps uh, kind of organize that. And as a volunteer organization, that's kind of what comes with it is a lot of management, especially with 360 people. Uh, it makes it a little bit time consuming, but it's something that's a great, great program and helps us get that word out for extension. Yeah. And just to clarify too, Kim Pierce is the volunteer coordinator. coordinator. So she's not a volunteer. Yep. She coordinates she all the volunteers. So yep. She's kind of like the mama for yeah. everybody. She's the mama bit. staff member. Yeah. <laughs> and that many people, that's a lot of people to, yes. um, to help. Um, you know, they do a really good job, I think, mm-hmm. of, of managing and they uh, all of the different areas and they keep the gardens around mm-hmm. the office looking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of them are like sometimes when you have the annual banquet or recognition mm-hmm. event for them, you recognize the people who have had like some of them do 300 oh, hours Five back, 600 hours that they, that they mm-hmm. give back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and some of them just do a, a few. And I think that yeah. that's one of the nice things about volunteering, mm-hmm. particularly volunteering with extension. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we appreciate an hour. We appreciate 500 hours. hours. I mean, yeah, you can, um, there's opportunities to do yeah. as much as you'd a, like to a do. A lot of our master gardeners too bring in what we call episodic volunteers. Mm-hmm. That's their husbands and wives. <laughs> <laughs> they bring them in and help them, yeah. you know, help let them, yeah, come thing. here, help with this project. Yeah. So I see lots of husbands sometimes out in the vegetable area and stuff like that, you know, helping out. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's really neat. And, it, and it's, it's really, um, they almost get to be to the point of family. And um, we've lost several master gardeners this mm-hmm. last year just due to illness and age and, and different things. And it, it's always kind of a sad thing and uh, kind of hurts the heart a little bit because they, they do become family and, and you get really close to a lot of these people. Right, right. So horticulture is very similar to or has some similarities. There's a little bit of overlap with um, agriculture. Mm -hmm. You guys also often like to say... I'm inside the fence. He's outside the fence. Right. So the the outside (laughs) the fence dude is um, Brandon Gregson. He's our agriculture agent. So Brandon, you've got lots of committees and lots of volunteers that are doing lots of great work as well. Yeah, in respect to the Ag and Natural Resource Program in Montgomery County, I mean, if you think about it broadly, it is broad. I mean... Uh, there's a lot of things that go underneath that umbrella so our committees are split up you know based on kind of certain things we've got one for um, a horse enthusiast and that's what I like to call them you know Mm -hmm. we've got everybody um, in a room and they might be someone who just owns a horse I just want to own a horse I I love horses and I just want to own a horse or somebody who's really competitive in a horse show arena or rodeo or whatnot and we've got a group of volunteers horse enthusiasts that do programming for us or help us with programming throughout the year. Uh, So that's one of our big committees. And then we've got uh, the Beef Improvement Association. Horses, beef. So we talk about beef and we're talking about, still talking about livestock, um, enthusiasts on the hoof. And then that, that committee though, not just cattle or sheep or goats or things like that. They also handle a lot of forage, um, pasture health, pond education. They'll tip into some timber education when we talk about ag value. Um, so a great group of volunteers in both of those committees. Now, the Beef Improvement Association, ironically, is also made up of a lot of volunteers for the fair association, so through our replacement heifer program through the fair. So we partner with them. We put on a lot of workshops for the kids for the fair throughout the year. Um, to make those things happen in education. And then one that Potter and I work uh, jointly on is our horticulture committee. Mm-hmm. And this fall, um, we well, we hosted our, our annual grounds conference, which um, we had 142 participants, mm-hmm. which that's really kind of the max that we could have this year. We usually have two to 300 people. Mm-hmm. And that caters to landscape personnel, county, man, uh, county maintenance right. folks, parks and rec people that need hours uh, to maintain licenses, but also people that, that uh, maintain a pesticide applicator's license. They come as well, get hours uh, for that. And then we have one that's called town and country, and town being those same people, maintenance people, landscapers, and then country are ag guys that need to maintain hours for their pesticide licenses. We bring those guys together to to maintain hours for the licenses as well. And so one of those we were actually able to have face-to-face, and then we got some guidelines that kind of redirected us. And so we scrambled and we um, took this second one, which we just completed yesterday, um, and put that in an online format. 
um, that uh, we hosted over 100 people yesterday mm -hmm. online for that. But committee and volunteer-wise, we can't make these things happen without those guys. They're very important. They're really the heart of our program. Not only do they help us plan and implement programs, but they bring items to the table that we may not think of when it comes to what our clientele need. Right. They're really the eyes and ears out there on the street. They're in circles that we may not be a part of. Mm -hmm. So they bring topics to us that, hey, this is something we need to address this year. And so that makes them really, really important, especially for ag and natural resources, horticulture, mm -hmm. uh, home landscapes, things like that. Yeah. So. And so you, you use guys generically, right? So yeah. Because you have a lot of females that are Absolutely. Also. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, at least half of our adult horse committee is, is female. So um, there's a lot of women horse enthusiasts out there. And one of our past presidents and probably one of our more active members of the Beef Improvement Association, Miss Edwards, I mean, she's, she's 100%, you know, she's she's a really active volunteer with us right so. right i would say she's kind of a multi-volunteer like yeah, she's she, all over uh, the place all of our yeah. committees yeah because she she does some wonderful things and there's so many of our volunteers so we're trying to be kind of careful about naming names because we yeah. don't want to leave anybody out yeah what i mentioned before like you know some people only have a little bit of time and they give mm -hmm they give willingly of that little bit of time that mm -hmm. they have. And then some people are fortunate enough to have a little bit more time and are able to right. um, give more. And we value bo both of those, those very much. Yeah. A lot of them have just the passion to do things. Mm -hmm. A lot of it, you know, is a passion to educate or passion for what they do. And that sometimes, you know, moves into the passion to educate people, right. you know, specialty. And when you talk about those kinds of workshops that are put on, so there's so much logistical things that go into those um, workshops that it takes volunteers to do that. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes it's just, um, you know, the word of mouth, spreading the word mm -hmm. and telling other people about it so that they can come to. And, and you know, we um, I feel like the... There's not just one definition of a volunteer. Sometimes we think a volunteer has to fit into like a certain kind of, they have to meet all of these rules. But really anybody who works with us, partners mm -hmm. with us, helps mm -hmm. us, even if it's part of their job and, you know, it's a mutual benefit, we still consider yeah. them volunteers. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, what we're talking about today is all about volunteer recognition because we do really appreciate them. So we are going to take a break. We're going to do a little switch out. We're going to bring in some of the other um, agents to talk about their program area focus and um, just keep celebrating our volunteers that we have. But we will be back right after this. Thank you. Family and community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension helping Texans make their lives better. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936 647 3776 
with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Family and community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Good afternoon. Welcome back to our virtual volunteer recognition event. So this is, um, like usually we do it in person, we love doing it in person, but um, you know, given the challenging times that we're in right now, we're, we're just readjusting. So normally what we would do is have, invite our volunteers to come have dinner with us and then we would introduce each of them. And, and so we would also talk to them, talk to the whole group a little bit about each one of our areas of focus and, and what we um, do and how our volunteers contribute to our programming. And so that's kind of what we're doing on today's show. So this is all about volunteer recognition. So we just heard from Brandon Gregson and Michael Potter, and now we have Michelle Scaife in our office in the in the studio with us. And Michelle is our extension agent for Better Living for Texans. So Michelle, tell us a little bit about some of your partners and the volunteers that you work with. So I work with a lot of community partners in our area who focus on the same resources and the same audiences that I work with. So Better Living for Texans is a supplemental nutrition assistance education program, and we focus on helping uh, lower income or lower resource Texans of all ages increase their fruit and vegetable consumption and become more physically active. We um, aid them in stretching their food dollars and then preparing nutritious and quick meals and our community partners and uh, they, they generally work with us to help identify different areas of the community that we can work in they help to um, market and promote our program to help us recruit new partnerships and new attendees for our classes but we also from that from either our partnerships or from our programs um, recruit volunteers mm -hmm. And our volunteers generally are the ones that come in and really assist us with the actual hands-on implementation of programming. 
uh, when we're able to be in person. But now that we're virtual, they're helping as well. So a lot of our volunteers are um, people who've come out of our program systems. They've they've stayed with us. They've enjoyed what they're doing. And of course, that's the greatest marketing, right? right. Is someone who's been there. And many of them will either come in and do the setup or teardown of our classrooms, helping us with, um, you know, sanitation, preparation, getting all the papers and the incentives handed out. Handed out. But all of our, um, our volunteers also have stepped up during this um, time of transitioning to virtual and joined in with setting up virtual classrooms or recording or moderating our virtual programming so that, you know, we have extra eyes helping us out. But they also do some demonstration work. So some of our volunteers have taken the time to show us how to prune a tomato plant or um, how to safely handle harvested vegetables. We have volunteers who um, put things out when we're doing an exercise class so that all the participants have um, what they need and then they help us to clean it up afterwards. So our volunteers have really jumped up and adapted with us and grown with us as we've had to make adaptations and changes ourselves. Yeah, because it's uh, it's been it's been fun. <laughs> um, so with uh, what I mentioned too, when we uh, the guys were in here, we were talking about how you know volunteers don't necessarily fit into this like specific um, rules. It's not like a checklist like you have to meet these criteria to be a volunteer. Because some some of our volunteers just help a little bit with you know like like what you're mentioning. Maybe they're just helping with um, you know one particular class that they're interested in, and then some of them. Um, you know, we consider them like our partners, so other agencies or organizations that we work with. But um, so they're, they're our partners, but they are choosing to work with us. So we also consider them volunteers. What are some of the organizations that you um, particularly enjoy working with? Or I mean, not that you don't enjoy working with them. So I mentioned this earlier, too. We were trying not to necessarily name names because we don't want to leave anybody out because they're all so, so important. But just some of the ones that come to mind that you have been working with for a while. So we have some really great partners that work us with our disabled veteran community, such as the Military Veteran P P um, Career, Military Veteran Peer Network. It's a really good one. And then we work with Tri-County Behavioral Health Services. We spend some time with Volunteers of America and Community Assistance Center. Um, and Education-Based Housing has been a new partner that's really jumped in, especially during this um, difficult time that's difficult for our seniors in mm -hmm. the community. And we've really been um, reaching out and of course, recruiting volunteers through them that are helping us in senior centers. So that way, we're helping them get the technology they need, you know, get logged into classes, mm. make sure that they get some incentive items from us that say thank you for tuning in. Um, so those are kind of my my go-to consistent crews, you know, that, that really are not only just partnerships, but they're part of our BLT program area committee that help us to really identify what's going on in the community and how we need to help. Yeah. And so you mentioned um, Better Living for Texans is a SNAP-Ed program. So SNAP mm -hmm. is Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Uh, some folks may recognize that as what used to be the food stamp program. Mm -hmm. um, so it's audiences with um, limited resources, and the funding for that comes um, through a federal grant contract um, to help provide that um, education in the community. So the work that you do is is very targeted and, and focused in a particular area, so nutrition with limited income audiences. But at the same time, um, those audiences also have other needs as well. So um, there's some overlap between Better Living for Texans and family and community health. Mm -hmm. health. So some of the um, uh, 
partners and the that you're talking about they kind of overlap with what what we do so our program assistant mike mcbride also works with um, the academy for lifelong learning and the volunteers of america and the um, fccmc family community council of montgomery county did i mm-hmm. say that right yep so um the they're, they're yeah a little bit of overlap so they 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 end up being like double volunteers for mm-hmm. us because um, they're able to help uh, both of our areas of focus. Um, and then we also have a program area committee that helps provide um, guidance for family and community help, health. And so I keep saying family and community help. Another, I like a new partner and um, as volunteers is the um, that have worked with family and community health is the Behavioral Health and Suicide Prevention Task Force, and we put on a community help expo. <laughs> so I've been tripping over that um, help because community help and community health sounds so similar. Um, but I consider those uh, folks to be volunteers, and you know it's kind of a newer um, effort in the county. So it's one of those that maybe hasn't. Um, they, they may not know that there are volunteers, but they have uh, volunteered, and then several of them helped with the community help expo that we had. So consider those to be volunteers as well. Um, so then I was talking about our program area committee that helped provide guidance for um, the the way our program um, is is focused. So, you know, they kind of tell, help us figure out what's most important to prioritize and then um, to make connections with new volunteers and that kind of thing. Um, and then we have our Extension Education Association. So there's uh, several uh, women who participate in that. And Well, men too. I guess Mike is, Mike actually is a <laughs> member of the, uh, we call it EEA. So it, Extension Education Association, and they help um, extend our outreach as well. Um, and Walk Across Texas is, um, I think, one of my favorite uh, projects that we do. But like I consider all of the team captains for Walk Across Texas to be um, volunteers because, um, you know, they do a lot to help get uh, people organized. And, it, you know, it just takes a a little bit more um, effort than just participating in Walk Across Texas. And I know that there was a few um, BLT Mm -hmm. teams that also participated as well. So it was um, another place that there's a little bit of uh, overlap, but um, team captains. And then with our Families Reading Everyday program, it's another one that's kind of had to adjust because of um, our current situation with COVID. But you know, generally, the we consider all the readers who come in to read at our celebrations to be um, volunteers. And you know, again, maybe just an hour or or less, but they're still um, giving to our program. And then others that partner with us, but also are volunteers, are the Head Start sites who um, help us implement the Families Reading Everyday program at um, Head Start. And then, um, yeah, so I mentioned the, the work groups of the behavioral health and suicide prevention. So, the, you know, ours, the, like in family and community health and BLT, I think it, you know, maybe the volunteers look a little different than those who help with, like horticulture, like the master gardeners mm-hmm. and um, the, you know, the horse committee and the uh, beef improvement committee, because some of those have like been around for years and years and years. And then some of um, our programs are a little bit newer. And so um, we have uh, newer volunteers, I would say. And then we do have some master wellness volunteers that have, um, that's been a newer program for us. So we've got um, three 
women who have uh, volunteered to be part of a master wellness volunteer. So they're going through training or have gone through training and they're working on doing some of their kind of intern hours, payback mm -hmm. hours, those kinds of things. So, yeah, so, you know, I, I've said this before, we couldn't do what we do without the volunteers. We, we could try, but we definitely <laughs> couldn't get as extended as we do um, with the volunteers. So we exactly. really appreciate them. All right, so we um, volunteer recognition, talking about um, kind of what we would talk about if they were here with us in person. So um, this is our way to say, one way to say thank you. Um, we have more areas of focus that we have with an extension, and so we're gonna take another break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna hear from our 4-H and urban youth development agents about um, some of the things that we're doing in youth development. But we will be back right after this break. You're going to need me. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. All right, welcome back. This is a special edition of our Extension Hour show. It is our volunteer recognition virtual event. So we have lots of uh, volunteers who help us and lots of areas of focus. So I mentioned um, earlier in the show how we, we're, we're one office, we're one organization, we're one agency. We have one mission, helping Texans better their lives, but we do that in different ways and we have different areas of focus. So we've heard from agriculture, natural resources, from horticulture, from Better Living for Texans. I rambled on a little bit about uh, the family and community health people that I love so much. And um, before H, like, like, it's kind of the cornerstone, I think, of our extension programming. And if you don't call it the cornerstone, I would call it like, it is the future of our organization. It's the future of America. I mean, it's the future of our society, right? Because they're, they're youth. And one of the great things about the 4-H program is that we are helping equip um, our youth to be, um, you know, extremely committed and helpful members of society in the future. So we productive do that also. Members of society. Productive, yes. <laughs> um, and we do that um, a lot with, with volunteers. So we have Michelle Mahalik and Justin Sines with us here today to talk a little bit about the volunteers in that program. So Michelle, you want to go, go first? I will be glad to go. <clears throat> so with the 4-H program, it is absolutely impossible for us to have this organization without our volunteers um, it is uh, the solid part of our program is our 4-H parents and volunteers that step up to actually conduct the 4-H club meetings to actually conduct the project meetings and the subject matter that the kids are learning 
um, and teaching that or being willing to find someone who can teach that specialty area and subject matter. Um, and it just would not be possible at all to get the exposure and the, the broadness of what we do would just not happen without volunteers. There's just one of me and one of Justin and to try to get across the county that we live in um, would just not be possible. So their time and their effort in improving all of our 4-H members' lives and experience is truly appreciated. Um, and they're going through the same struggles that we are right now. Um, and then they voluntarily are taking on the responsibility of trying to figure out how do we have a 4-H club meeting in this environment? What does that look like for our particular club? So they're having to figure out alternate plans. They're having to figure out how to have their meetings virtually. Um, so we are truly grateful for the volunteers that we have on the ground, boots on the ground right now, that are doing the best they can to continue to provide a positive learning experience for our 4-H members. Mm -hmm. For last year alone, just to give you a little bit of an idea about numbers, um, our a little over 200 enrolled 4-H volunteers provided 3,241 volunteer hours. And when you put the, you know, they say a volunteer hour is a, worth about $21. That's over $71,000 that 4-H volunteers have contributed to the benefit of Montgomery County and Montgomery County youth. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, they're doing good things, they're doing great things, and they're having a positive impact on our 4-H members. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about some of our, our numbers in 4-H that, you know, our volunteers help make possible. Mm -hmm. So the number of clubs, the number, and of course it fluctuates from year to year. Um, but It does. Right now we have 24 um, organized 4-H clubs. A part of those are project clubs, so they're only focused on one subject matter, horse club, dog club, kinds of things. And then another larger portion of them are community 4-H clubs. And that's mostly focused around a geographical area. So all of the kids that, you know, live in the Willis area are in the two or three clubs that meet in the Willis area. Um, and each of those clubs has a, a mostly a 4-H parent or grandparent in some cases that has stepped up and taken responsibility for being the club manager and organizing the meetings and organizing community service. They recruit other parents to be volunteers to take care of fundraisers and community service projects and those kinds of things. Um, we have a little over eight at the end of last year, we had a little over 800 4-H members enrolled across the county. Yeah. And again, that's all possible because of, of the uh, volunteers that we have that help us do that. Because like you said, there's only one of you. There's only one of Justin. Um, so Justin also helps a lot with the traditional 4-H clubs. But really your focus is urban youth development. So um, that includes curriculum enrichment and those kinds of things. And so your volunteers look a little different. Right. But I do want to hone in on uh, just mention about the four, our, 
our traditional volunteers, sure. they this is um, they have normal jobs given the day. <laughs> so this is extra. So they are kind of coordinating extraordinaires when it comes to because they really do a lot of coordinating, like Michelle was saying. So um, they do a lot for us. But for me, I um, on the non-traditional side, working with our schools is where I kind of have um, my uh, my hands in the program. And I could not do that. I could not do it without some amazing volunteers as well as the theme is. Um, but as Potter mentioned, we utilize the master gardeners quite a bit for that because we're utilizing their expertise in the gardening area to implement our junior master gardening program that we have through our schools. And so these volunteers will meet once a month and we'll kind of um, discuss what we have, what events we have coming up, what schools may need help. Because once a school is interested in becoming a JMG certified school, they will sign up through our website. And majority of the time, we will have a volunteer that's designated to that school so that teacher has a resource that they can reach out to and get advice on on how to um, work their gardens. And if there's, you know, if there's something crawling in on their their um, their plant, you know, what is it in those gardens for the most part can identify what it, what it is and give them advice on how to care for those gardens throughout the year. And they also do a great job at leading some of our activities. So for the most part, our teachers are implementing the curriculum, mm-hmm. but then we'll have our master gardeners go in and deliver a program talking about, and we have one master gardener who has a snake, and we talk about the critters we can find in our, our garden. Sometimes we'll talk about bats and rocks. Um, um, one of our, probably our most favorite programs to do is plant people, where we almost make like a chia pet using um, leggings and soil and some grass seeds, and so the kids enjoy uh, really getting to make their plant people heads. Okay. And so the, the curriculum enrichment stuff that you're doing in school, actually, I think that there's sort of two components to the volunteerism that happens there. Um, so obviously the junior master gardener um, volunteers who, um, you know, take time out of their day to go and do that at the school. But then also even the teachers that are leading that, they are voluntarily doing that. So they don't have to do the junior master gardener or any of the other right. types of curriculum enrichment things that happen. So yeah, although their status is teacher, but they are helping implement our programs that we have here in the 4-H program. So those teachers are sort of a volunteer. They do help a lot with the um, junior master gardener, but also one of our bigger uh, curriculum enrichments is hatching the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so we provide those teachers, just like with any volunteer, we'll provide them with a resource to be able to lead that program in their their classroom. So they will get an incubator and we'll work with them on sourcing eggs. And for the next 21 days, those teachers for the most part are leading that embryology lesson and our program assistant Joe Pickens will go in once, um, once or twice throughout that that hatch period, and give a little lesson on how candling um, and how we get our eggs set up, and also when they hatch, going a little bit over those those protocols. So, you know, a lot of volunteers volunteer because they have a huge expertise, right? Lots of experience in whatever it is that the topic is, but that sometimes they're learning right along <laughs> with. The, the 4-H members that are, are learning. So that's another I, reason. Exactly. I explain to parents all the time that we, we don't care if you know which end to feed or which end to scoop. It's a matter of are you willing to find someone who does. Mm-hmm. So our project leaders, over time, they gain that knowledge. But new project leaders coming in may be relying on you know expertise in the field or a project leader from another club to come and teach them along with teaching the kids. And I think sometimes those volunteers are ones that'll say, oh, I'm not, I'm just a parent, I'm not a volunteer, but you know, even even teaching your kids new and different 
things kind of outside of your area of knowledge or even within your area of knowledge, that's volunteering and it's also helping other kids as well. Did you have something you would add? Right, and, um, and for, for some projects, uh, one of the areas I also work in is with robotics. And so I have a lot of parents who are a little timid about taking on the robotics project. You see this this robot with, that's made out of Legos and you see the software and they're a little timid about how am I supposed to teach my kids this? And what I tell them is you don't have to teach them. You just have to coordinate the meeting space because those kids will have an interest in um, in getting that robot programmed and built and they will teach themselves whether it be through trial and error or they will YouTube it a lot of the times. And so a lot of the times our volunteers are there just to keep an eye on our, um, keep an eye and chaperone our students as they do their own projects. But yeah, they're those robotic kids, their um, their self-paced interest is pretty amazing. And we talked a little bit about the, it, you know, with the others that were in here too about the definition of a volunteer. And sometimes it's um, partners that we work with that maybe it's sort of part of their job, but again, they choose to work with us, so we consider them a volunteer. So you mentioned the Montgomery County Fair, so the volunteerism that happens there. So you know that. Yes, they're volunteering with the fair and for the fair, but it's also kind of with us, too, so we, we claim them. Well, and, and we talked, I mentioned a while ago, enrolled 4-H volunteers, but those are volunteers that have taken on an additional step, and they've enrolled in our enrollment system and gone through a background check, but that does not include all of those parents and big brothers and sisters that have graduated coming back and just helping manage the concession stand or you know focused on one small part of everything they're not and they're not taking on a big huge role but every little bit makes a difference yeah. yep and another uh, kind of another example of that partnership is one of our probably biggest partnerships is with the city of conroe the parks and rec so we will come out during kids fest and we'll have a booth that will work as extension as part of their pro as part of of their program, and in turn, they also um, help support us through the Montgomery County Kids Fair, Kids Kids Day at the fair, and they'll bring some of their um, staff to help man those booths when we have uh, 3,000 kids going through that tent <laughs> at one time. Yeah, so there's so many opportunities for volunteering, and as we said, that's, um, you know, we couldn't do what we do without um, the help of having volunteers, and that's part of, one of the reasons why the 4-H program throughout the state is so amazing, but we have a pretty great one here in Montgomery County oh, for sure. as well. All right, Justin, Michelle, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, we are going to take another break, and then we're going to have our guest speaker for our volunteer event that we're having today on our Extension Hour. So we're going to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll hear from our guest speaker and uh, kind of wrap things up just a little bit. Thank you for having us, Amy. Thanks. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is all about extending knowledge and providing solutions. We do that by using science-based information to create high-quality and relevant education for the people of Texas. More importantly, this outstanding education is delivered locally, right here in our county. We encourage lasting and effective change that helps our communities and our county thrive. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. 
Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Welcome back to the Extension Hour, our volunteer recognition event, so the virtual event that we're having. I had a chance earlier in the week to visit with our state volunteer specialist, because we've talked a little bit about what happens here in Montgomery County, but um, she's got a statewide perspective, and so we wanted to share that. So this is our guest speaker for our volunteer event. It's Laura Hubinger. All right, so we have with us Laura Hubinger. She is an Extension Program Specialist for Volunteer Development for Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Thank you so much for being with us here today virtually, Laura. It's it's great to be able to have a guest speaker who's, you know, in another town that comes to visit and to be part of our volunteer recognition. So this interesting way that we're doing things now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's fun. And like, like we talked about a while ago, I didn't have to put uh, fancy pants on. I could just, you know, look nice from the waist up, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And you look very lovely today. Oh, thanks. And so we've had um, our extension staff, our faculty um, in earlier talking about um, what's happening in Montgomery County and the great things that our volunteers are doing. And, and we, kinda, we have some impressive numbers in terms of our volunteer report. Yes, yes, actually you do. Um, it's pretty impressive if you look. Um, Montgomery County um, this last year in 2019 has um, over 1,300 volunteers. I think it was 1,319, 1,319 volunteers that were reported um, to help out with extension programs um, last year. So that's that's pretty cool. And if you look at that in the scheme of things across the state, um, we had over 93,000 volunteers in in the state of Texas. And so to know that you have that many out of Montgomery County, that's it's pretty impressive. And we there's this there's this dollar value that this group called independent sector comes up with and they say that there's a value of um, our volunteers time when they come and volunteer for you. It's like having another employee, right? right and right. so so when we have these really awesome, wonderful volunteers that, that help us out, um, the dollar value last year I have in my notes here is was twenty five dollars and forty three cents. So when you multiply that out, so you have your 1300 volunteers and they volunteered an average of 53 hours. So, I mean, think about that. That's that's quite a bit of time. So each volunteer volunteered an average of 53 hours over um, the course of last year and you multiply that out and you get over $1.5 million um, of their time that they've donated to your extension programs in Montgomery County. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, across the state, our number is like 55 million hours and um, it's $139 million that that they contribute from a state perspective. Um, you know, when we look at all of our programs, all of our volunteers in all 254 counties um, and and they um, our economics guys, they do this calculation and they said that is um, over 2,600 full-time employees. That's the equivalent. And so I, I guess I wish I would have come and maybe done the math a little bit um, for Montgomery County, but that's impressive. I mean, like we can't do that um, alone. So it's really awesome to have the volunteers to help us with that. Right. So from an agency, agency perspective, right? Volunteers, we talk about how important they are, but really what does that, what does that mean for the agency to be able to have that many volunteers? Oh, I mean, it's it's tremendous. They, 
like there's this dollar value, right, that we put on it, but I don't think that there really is a dollar value um, because, you know, Amy, when when you invite those volunteers to a, a committee meeting, a planning meeting or to do something, whatever, they they are in the community, right? So they know what's going on and so they can provide us with relevant information that we need. I mean, we live in the community too, right? You know, so we know some of those things, but they may know different communities, different pockets, you know, different areas about the about the county. And so they can provide us with relevant information that that we may not have. You know, they have that connection. Um, the other really awesome thing is our volunteers are so creative. Um, I mean, I know with with the pandemic and everything going on, um, things have shifted a lot in a lot of ways, but our volunteers are continuing to get out there and do things and they're creatively, right? You know, things that we may not have come up with. Um, so they, I really think it's important to recognize that our volunteers um, help provide us with um, relevance, you know, in the communities and make sure that it's it's practical, it's applicable, it, it's meaningful, it means something. But in addition to that, they help extend our reach, right? So um, we, we train a group of volunteers on something, right? And then they can go out and train all these other people. So where we've started versus me doing it on my own or you doing it on your own, we, we get these volunteers and they can help us share all this really good information with the people in our community. And that's that's just so awesome. Right. And so when we think about a, a you know, county the size of Montgomery County, it's huge and it's growing and there's just no way we're going to be able right. to reach everybody. So our volunteers really help a lot in that. Absolutely. So Laura, you do a lot with, you know, obviously you're a volunteer specialist, volunteer developments. Why do you think people volunteer? Um, I think it's a lot of reasons uh, and there's lots of research about it and I'm not as well versed in the research as some of my coworkers are, but um, some people, it, it's, it, it feels this need to be connected to the community, the, the need to give back, right? And kind of that warm fuzzy feeling, I guess, in a little way is that some people get from helping and serving others. Um, like you and I talked about um, pre-recording is that, you know, there's these people sometimes that that just step up in times of need, right? And it's it's like their call to action when someone's in, in need. Um, and some people, you know, they don't necessarily need that, that uh, stressful situation to to do that they they just come and do it and they just want to give and um i grew up in an extension family personally uh my dad was an agent many many years ago for uh, for a short time but my parents have been plugged in as volunteers forever and it's just it seems like it's a part of who they are they want to they want to help they want to serve um but some of the other cool benefits is they're learning nifty things, right? You're learning new skills. Um, I joke that my mom, um, I give her a hard time about being a master gardener. Um, like she's one of those master gardeners, you know, that gets in trouble, right? Okay. Don't shoot me, Jayla or Michael or anyone else there. Um, I mean that in all love and respect. Um, she she was a 4-H volunteer for many, many years and still is. And and now as a master gardener, um, she's found a new way to give back. And, and in the process, she's learned all these wonderful things. And you can see things when we go visit some of the stuff that she's taken from her master gardener courses that she's done around the house, which is pretty awesome. So volunteers get to to learn new skills and, and stuff like that. And and we just appreciate all the, the feedback and, and input that they give to us. Great. So, you know, if we were doing a volunteer event, our guest speaker would usually have some some words of wisdom and inspiration for um, the people that are listening. So what words of wisdom do you have for people who do volunteer or people who want to volunteer? 
Absolutely. Well, we want you come, come when we need you <laughs> and we want you and, and we do need you. It's it's twofold there, um, but we want it to be meaningful. So if, if you're coming and you want to help and we're not meeting your needs in some way, you know, like I can do more than just this and you have a special talent, let us know. Um, we want to be able to put that to use and and we really uh, we appreciate you. We, we thank you for everything um, that you're doing to help our program and help our community and uh, yeah, so we, we want it to be meaningful. So um, reach out if there's some way that you see that we can do better. And, and we want this to really be a partnership. We don't want to, to just, you know, bark orders. We want to make a partnership and, and have a really awesome uh, program and a really awesome community. So again, thank you volunteers you do for us. Yeah, we, yeah, and it sounds trite sometimes when we say it, you know, like we couldn't do what we do without you, but literally we could not do what yes. we do without volunteers. So we are very, very thankful for them. And Laura, I'm so thankful that you were able to spend a few minutes with us this afternoon so that, um, you know, we could have this virtual volunteer recognition event. Any last words you want to share? I guess I just go back to that. Thank you. We appreciate, um, um, you know, as as a volunteer specialist, that's that's what we do. We live and breathe our volunteers, and we just we really appreciate all they do for our program. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you. So having Laura uh, visit with us, so you, you know this um, new new environment that we're in now with um, all of the. Um, challenges that we have. It's been nice to be able to, to visit with Laura and have her be our guest speaker at our volunteer recognition event that for, for 2020 that we were doing for Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service of Montgomery County. A uh, couple other things I want to mention. So, hey, Dick, can you come over here for just a second? So we consider, um, as I mentioned, volunteers. We, you know, sometimes it's people that do it for their job, but they voluntarily help us. And we have been doing shows here on Lone Star Radio for, yeah, come on over. We've been doing shows here for about, um, since 2013, I think. So we're really kind of close to 100 shows. Um, we do have sponsors. Some of our committees help sponsor this show. Um, but Dick gives us a really good deal. So he just kind of, um, Pretty much, it's 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 at cost or less. So, one more volunteer that we wanted to thank, thank is, you. is you. So, I oh, I got stuff. Yes, have a little um, oh, certificate yeah. for you because we really appreciated you. Thank you, y'all so much it. for everything you're doing. Yes, we and did. those are real signatures. They are, and we got you cookies. Oh, because you know right. everybody loves cookies, right? Yeah. What kind are they? Uh, they're just they're sugar, sugar cookies. cookies. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So and it even has my name on it. Look at that. It does. Yes. So thank you yeah. for, for what you do and allowing us to do this, because this has been one more way that we're able to reach out to, to people virtually in these challenging yeah, times. Yeah, for sure. So we appreciate that. I'm going to go back to. Okay. Yep. And then the one last thank you that I just want to say and uh, other volunteers that I want to recognize is our leadership advisory board. So they're kind of an overarching group that helps provide um, advice for us on, on the kinds of things that we do that are not necessarily in our specific program areas um, or the focuses that we do in our programming, but just to help extension in the community. So um, we're thankful for them too. So this has been an interesting, awesome, great volunteer recognition event. Thank you so much for joining us um, on this show and, and we'll be back. We're here every Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. here on Lone Star Radio and it is the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler where we, and here we talk about our people, our programs and our partnerships and looking forward to 2021. Thanks so much. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. 
For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.